Hi guys, this is your girl Wakeji Kamore and welcome to Reflections by Wakeji Kamore. <laughs> welcome to another week. Happy New Week. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening depending on the time that you get to listen to this. Thank you so much for tuning in today and for staying with me in this Bible summary. So, I will not stop saying this. If this podcast is good for you, it could also be good for someone else. So, share it with those that are closest to you. And if you're listening to this and you have not subscribed, aki imagine jita tukamkutano and then subscribe to this channel. So, today we'll be covering Numbers chapter 30, which revolves around a lecture that Moses offers to his people, making pledges about making pledges and vows and how to keep those pledges or vows to honor the Lord. Let's get into it. So I'll be reading word for word from the easy to read version. If you want to join me and read word for word, like go with me <laughs> as I read. I'm reading from the easy to read version. So this is what it says. Moses spoke with all the leaders of his, of the Israelite tribes and told them about these commands from the Lord. If a man makes a special promise to the Lord or makes a promise with an oath, he must not break his promise. He must do everything he said he would do. A young woman might still be living in her father's house and that young woman that young woman makes a special promise to give something to the Lord and if her father hears about the promise and agrees then the young woman must do what she promised but if her father hears about the promise and does not agree she is free from the promise she does not have to do what she promised her father stopped her so the Lord will forgive her A woman might make a special promise to give something to the Lord and then get married. If the husband hears about the promise and does not object, the woman must not must do what she promised. But if the husband hears about the promise and refuses to let her keep her promise, the wife does not have to do what she promised because her husband broke the promise. If he did not let her do what she said, so the Lord will forgive her. A widow or a divorced woman might make a special promise. If she does, she must do exactly what she promised. Oh yeah, widows and divorced women. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let me continue. I think I feel bad because I'm like I don't like my parents, my dad is no longer there. I'm not married, so me na follow up. But anyway, the lord is helping us a married woman might make a promise to give something to the lord if her husband hears about the promise and lets her keep her promise she must do exactly what she promised she must give everything she promised but if her husband hears about the promise and refuses to let her keep the promise she does not have to do what she promised it does not matter what she promised to do if her husband is against it this ends her duty to do it and the lord will forgive her A married woman might promise to give something to the Lord or she might promise to do to do without something or she might take some other special promise to God. The husband can stop any of these promises and the husband can let her keep any of these promises. How does the husband let his wife keep her promise? If he hears about the promise and does not stop them, the woman must do exactly what she promised. But if the husband hears about the promise and stops them, he is responsible for breaking her promises these are the commands that the lord gave to moses these are the commands about a man and his wife and about a father and his daughter who is still young and living at home in her father's house the end of that chapter 
So the first thing that this chapter does is that it gives me the desire to understand these vows and these promises and these and these pledges. So I just like would like to just understand what is a vow. I mean, who, why were they given, and what are some of the examples of the vows that were given in the Bible? Some good, some that were not necessarily good. So number one, what is a vow? So a vow is a serious promise to do or to give a specific thing. And why were vows given? Vows were a step further to fortifying a promise. It was a way of assuring that you will do or give whatever it is that you said you would. So basically a vow is a serious promise. Like I vow to do something. I solemnly vow to do whatever, whatever. That's exactly what a vow is. It's just a promise that is serious. And it was done to fortify that promise and to assure the person that you are promising that you'd actually give or say or do or say whatever it is that you said you would. So here are some examples of the vows in the Bible. Some worked out really well and some had a tragic ending. Like some were really stupid vows. So anyway, let's <laughs> just get into them. Number one was Hannah. Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 11. Hannah was a lady that um, was, not get, was not conceiving. So she was praying and then she made a vow to God and she said, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant but give her a son then i will give him to the lord for all the days of his life and no razor will be used on his head and then samuel was born and as we know he actually ended up serving in the temple until his death so that was the vow that hannah made that if you if god gave him as god gave her a son that she would dedicate the son back to god and he would serve in the temple for as long as he lived and that his hair would never be shaved and that is exactly what happened hannah actually uh kept her vow and then there was this guy <laughs> a really not very wise guy in judges chapter 11 verse 30 to 31 his name is japheth japheth yeah japheth and then japheth vows and this is what he says if you give the amorites into my hand whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when i return in victory from the amorites will be the lords and i will sacrifice it as a burnt offering so this guy was who now fighting the amorites and then he said uh, god if you give me victory over these amorites and then i go back home like whoever or whatever comes to meet me first whether it's a cat whether it's a human i will sacrifice it to you and that's the vow he made and then guess what unfortunately it was his daughter that came out of the door as the first person to meet him so get home. guess what? You read that story in Judges. I won't let you know what happened. But you, as you can see, that was a really stupid vow. <laughs> it was a really stupid vow that did not end up well at all. Then there's Matthew chapter 14, verse 6 to 16, where Herod, on his birthday, and his daughter, the daughter of Herodias, danced for the guest and pleased Herod so much that he promised with her now to give her whatever she asked for. So this is Herod. He's having a good time. It's his birthday. He's probably taken a few uh, drinks. And then his daughter comes and dances and he says, you know what? I make a vow. I make an oath to give whatever it is that you want. And guess what? That is how the head of John the Baptist ended up on a platter. Tragic. Very tragic. <laughs> and then there's King Saul. Hey, it was a King Saul now. He ordered his troops to fast in the middle of a war. First, who orders his key, his troops, his army to stay hungry when they really need energy? Like, who does that? That is in self not very wise. 
<laughs> so he ordered them to actually fast until victory was achieved. And he vowed and said, Cursed be the man who eats food until it is evening, and I am avenged on my enemies. And guess who did not hear this curse because he was busy fighting the enemies? His own son, Jonathan. Now Jonathan is Zuko fighting, then he sees honey, and then he eats honey. And now guess what? Now the dad is said, cursed be the person who eats. And it takes a whole army to actually save Jonathan from his father's stupid vow. You see, the thing is, vows are not something that God requires of us. Let me throw a spanner in the works. And I don't know how this will go, but let me just throw a spanner in the works. Do you know that the Bible includes verses on love? It has verses on marriage. It has verses on weddings. But there isn't any specific marriage vow in the whole Bible. Tafakari ayo. Vows are not something that God requires of us. There's no place in the Bible where God commands us to vow. But he says that once we make those vows, we must honor them. God does not require us to vow. But he says once we make the vows, he will not force us to vow. He doesn't command us to vow. He doesn't require us to vow. But sisi, namdomo yetu, nakibelembele yetu, na all the things that make us vow, if we vow, God expects us to actually honor those vows. Because God takes into account the things that we promise and he expects us to honor them. The second thing that I notice in this chapter in the, is the concept of spiritual covering, spiritual authority or spiritual leadership and how this role was a role that was given to men. In this chapter, we see that a father or a husband had the authority to reverse a vow. If a father or a husband got wind of a vow that a daughter or a wife had made, and maybe this vow was not good because most vows are made out of emotional frustration, emotion like now you see, you see like someone like Herod, 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 was it Herod or Herod? <laughs> Herod, he was in a party, so he makes a vow in a party. Someone like Saul, he makes a vow because of a fr- frustration or anticipation or anxiety of whether he's going to to win in this battle or not. If you see someone like Hannah, Hannah makes a, a vow in frustration and in desperate frustration of getting a son. If you see someone like Jaff- Jaffetha who makes a vow that anybody who comes out of, it's probably because of excitement, the fact that he's winning and he's like, whatever, I'm going to give God whatever it is that it takes. And I know that we've made vows before and we've made vows that are not necessarily things that we intend to do. And in this chapter, it says that we see a father and a husband had the authority to actually reverse a vow. He had the authority to actually cancel it for his daughter or even for his wife. And that is exactly what spiritual covering, spiritual authority, or spiritual leadership looks like. In the Bible, we see men who did not necessarily <laughs> exercise this role as spiritual leaders and they did nothing when there were women that were placed under their leadership dishonored God. The first one was Adam. The Bible records that Adam was with Eve when she was being tempted and yet he did not say anything or do anything. In fact, he joined in and ate the forbidden fruit. So that's the first guy who does not exercise his spiritual leadership that said, hey, Eve, why are you talking to a snake? I will forget that story. What are you guys whispering over there? Your story, I'm a fruit. Let's, we're not doing that because it dishonors God. <laughs> Abraham was another 
Abraham <laughs> did not exercise his spiritual leadership when his wife suggested that he sleeps with a slave. And he did not cover her either way by protect, he did not protect her because over and over again, he left her exposed by lying that she was his sister. And every single time, she, he would put her in danger because he lied that this is not my wife, this is my sister. Now the king would want his wife because Nasa may claim Mrs. Take. That is just a man out there who is not exercising his spiritual leadership. And just say, I won't do this because it dishonors God. I won't do this because it is my role to protect you. Jacob was another. When his wife Rachel couldn't conceive, instead of praying for her, as we saw Isaac do for his wife Rebecca, Isaac's wife Rebecca could not have children. And the Bible records that Isaac prayed for her. And then God allowed her to have children. But Jacob, <laughs> when his wife couldn't conceive, this is what Jacob said in a very, he was actually, the Bible records, he was angry. He said, am I God? Am I the one who has refused to give you children? That right there is a man who is not exercising his spiritual leadership or covering or authority. There are many fathers and many husbands, especially in these days, who have failed in this role. And I'm just going to sit here and assume that it could simply be because they do not know that this is their role. So here is my challenge to every man that is listening to this podcast. Now you know. Now you know that spiritual covering, spiritual authority, spiritual leadership is a role that God has given you. Over your wife and over your daughters, over the daughters that God has blessed you with. So I pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you how and when to exercise this authority and how not to abuse it because i've also seen it being i've seen it in other extreme where it's being abused someone is manipulating someone spiritually and all that so i pray that the holy spirit would reveal to you how and when to exercise your spiritual authority and when and how not to abuse it i also pray that you would have the courage to teach other men your sons about this role so the next generation would also be aware of it and practice it this is your girl Wakeji Kamore and this has been Reflections by Wakeji Kamore.